You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. are with our three top three top guest top guest top three top with a guest or actually what we're doing it's gonna be four top so three top plus a guest it's gonna be a unique format for us but it's gonna be in the same same line as usual so not gonna give anybody a heart attack or an aneurysm throw change things up too much thanks for Um, sticking around dave yeah Uh, of course yeah appreciate it dave anywhere else it's been so much fun so far so here we go let's top it off with this we're gonna do What's what, our three top? We've got Anders Breivik. Actually, three top plus a guest. So mm. I'll say we'll say that Anders Breivik, A ten, Warthog, Legend, and Elon Musk. Yep. Hmm. There he is again. So He's there he back. is again. We said he'd make another <laughs> appearance. So A ten Warthog. Warthog. So excuse me. Yep. Thank you very much. No, it's all good. I, we try to give them just a little no, bit. No, I only a, work on them every day. That's fine. No, we just give them like a, a brief <laughs> kind of, you know, whatever. Right. Anyway, so we're going to go in that order. Hayden, go ahead. All right. So everyone probably already knows what I'm about to talk about, but we're not going to necessarily talk about the the act. We're going to talk about the judicial system that goes along with it. So this is actually by listener request. Um, Absolutely. We had a fan slash friend uh, email us and asked us to do this. So here we go. So we're going to give it our best shot. Um, so he asked us to talk about um, Anders Breivik, um, who, if you do not know that name, he is the guy that um, basically went on a, uh, a murderous rampage at a youth camp in Norway about five years ago. Six years ago. Mm-hmm. What year is it? 2011. Right yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm like, what year is it? Right I think now? is what it was, wasn't it? Um, so, of course, he was. It was insane. He killed quite a bit of people. It was 77 total casualties. He injured almost 319 people. Almost, he did injure 319 people. Um, so, just a, a brief touch of what actually happened that day. So, the first thing that he did was he actually pulled a van um, filled full of anfo, um, which about anfo is like a fertilizer bomb um actually wade you you had kind of brought that up to me about how he actually in his workings like started his own like fertilizer plant. yeah man he'd been planning this for his entire life like he, he was he was deep absolute this. like narcissist <clears throat> nihilist yeah. type um person. but so he he had his own fertilizer company just so he could get enough anfo to make a car bomb out of one it was literally his only reason for starting a fertilizer right. company. yep um so the first thing he did was he planted a, a van that was full of Anfo explosive um, in front of... Now, <laughs> this is a word right here. And in, in translated, it just says the government quarter. This yeah. is that's the It's the government quarter in Norway. But Lord have mercy, can I not pronounce this word? Um, <laughs> has it got a lot of J's, K's, and... It, there's Y's. a lot of uh, consistent consonants here. Yeah. Where, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's about 18 characters long, too, so it's 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 a heck of a word. Uh, I'm going to give him a best shot. But it means what now? It means the government quarter, basically okay. where all the government buildings are. All right. So okay. equivalent to our what? You know, 
We call it a government square. Yeah. You okay. know, Pennsylvania Avenue, whatever okay, you want right. to call it. Okay. You know. Okay. But keeping in mind the country, it'd probably be a lot smaller than Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, yeah. You know, Norway is, sure. is considerably yeah, just... smaller. Um, so, anyways. So, he parked a van out front and detonated the van. Um, the van only killed eight people of this entire incident. Um, so, I don't know if it was that this was just part of the plan or if the van thing wasn't as productive productive as he hoped. I don't really know the answer to that question. But, so, once this happened, just shortly later that day, he, um, armed with a assault rifle, um, <clears throat> goes to a, a summer youth camp. Um, it's actually, it's called the AUF. Right. Um, it's a workers' party youth league, like, summer camp. Mm-hmm. As in, it's this this Democratic Socialist Party um so pretty much all the politicians right right correct Uh, of the socialist party that is socialist camp i mean legit essentially yes it's like a youth camp you know like a young republicans summer camp or something to that effect you know um so anyways that's that's what he attacked um and that's where he really made his mark how how many well the total was 77 people eight from the van bomb, so right. that leaves 69, 69 people. That he shot and killed at the camp. When we say pill, people, we're talking about children. You know, not all. We're well, not talking about all There was adults. counselors and The youngest like that. that was killed was 14. Right, but again, so, this is a children's but youth, camp. All, all it was of youth. Yeah. Um, and then, but then another 319, you said, that were injured. Yes, so, so a lot of people I mean, either got, just, got shot or injured from the explosion. Um, so, okay. That's that's what he did. He's he's obviously a terrible human being. And then he surrendered with no resistance. Correct. When they came, yes. he just set down everything and got to his knees. So a little backstory on this guy. Um, so as far as you know, I, I I specified the camp that he attacked because they were a democratic socialist, deep left. If you could, if mm-hmm. you would say, okay. Um, he was extremely deep right as far as his political views. He was absolutely um, pro-fascist, or pro-fascism. Like he is, he is as far right as you possibly could get. Um, so prior to this event, he wrote and published an online manifesto laying out his complete disdain for feminism and Muslims in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, what, what's crazy is he was extremely right, and normally you. Like most right side, you'd think of like, you know, uh, Christians, but he was actually in, uh, an, uh, he actually calls it a different word instead of being like a North. basically an agnostic, though. But no, he, he's like praised to Odin. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like he's all well, that, I mean, I mean, it's like Plaganism. Oh, I think Paganism, he, 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 like he, 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 version of it. He self referred to, I think, as Odinism is what he, it's what it used to be called. There's a newer word for it. Mm-hmm, what yeah. he referred to himself as. Um, but he basically committed the crimes to just to get noticed, get notice and awareness to his manifesto of all Mm -hmm. the things that he had to say. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that he wanted to kill a bunch of people. Well, I guess he probably did, but it was just so that he would be famous and his manifesto would become famous. So people would read what he had to say. Um, so this is where the weird stuff of the Norwegian penitentiary or, Penal system. Penal system. Sorry. (laughs) Lost my words there. Um, 
it gets a little weird. So they uh, they're a lot like the U.S. They have local judges and you know uh, circuit judges and supreme courts, just like the U.S. Um, and his went, you know, he well first of all he lost his case. Of course, he got convicted of murder. They tried his lawyer tried to get him off on insanity uh, on insanity, right? Um, which actually they no no they like let it go through at first, and then it was appealed, and it and for in later studies right. of his psychological condition, they basically changed him from being psychotic to having extreme narcissistic personality disorder. It was the prosecutors that did not want to make sure. Or no, it was, uh, yeah, it was the prosecutors that wanted to make sure that he didn't get the insanity thing. But but they ultimately said, no, he was of clear mind and did these acts. And it was proven. Knowing what he was doing. It was very proven that he was clear. So it was a basic cut and dry case. Dude is obviously murdered a whole lot of people. No, excuse me. Back up. It wasn't the prosecution. It was the defense. He did not want insanity. Oh, yes. He I'm himself, sorry. He, that, that's where I was yeah. trying to make. I'm sorry. I got distracted. He did not want it. He oh, said. It was discrediting his movement. If he, he, was said, proven he said it was more, in, it was more right. inhumane to lock up a political activist in an insane asylum than it would be to kill him. Yeah. So he was basically saying, shoot me in the head before you find me insane. Yeah. I'm, I was very mm-hmm. much aware of what I was doing. So he was against the finding of him being right. insane. So think about this act that he did, okay, and how heinous it is. And think about what would happen to someone in our country if you were to do such a thing. Well, I will tell you right now, he would have been shot on sight. He would not have been uh, arrested. Like No, he he surrendered willingly. Yeah, they'd have shot him. <laughs> Straight up, man. You kill that many kids, you're probably going to get shot. Okay, but I mean, like, if they were to catch you... And what prosecution would come of you, and what would be your sentence, like hmm. in the U.S. versus what ended up happening to him? So, in Norway, maximum sentence period for all crimes, any and all, no matter how heinous. Actually, there's one exception, and that's crimes against humanity. That is a 30-year punishable sentence in Norway. Um, well, still, looking at this still, case, still not not a, they don't execute people. That's that's one thing. But 21 years is the worst that you can get. What is their crime against humanity? I mean, you go, you try to blow up parliament, and then you go and you shoot up a camp full of kids. I mean, come on, man. Okay, so... How greater can you get? So what happened was, this is where the judicial system kind of let everyone down, but later corrected, so we'll fill you in. So he got sentenced with the maximum penalty, 21 years, um... And actually what that comes with is after 10 years, you actually are eligible for parole. Um, And actually, Norway does this crazy thing where, like, if you're on parole, you actually can leave for the weekend. Okay? Like, unsupervised. Leave. You just have to report back in and for jail Monday through Friday, and you can have the weekends off once you're eligible for parole. Imagine Marilyn Manson getting off and, hey, man, just come back after the weekend. You'll be all right. Yeah, you know, but, like, yeah. good lord. They get off for the, the weekend. capabilities, that guy. Okay. Um, and then... Oh, I lost what I was saying. Oh, <laughs> You're thrown off because you said Marilyn Manson. Yeah. He meant Charles You're Manson. You're messing me up. Oh, Charles yeah. Manson. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, my brain got lost no, I really there. should apologize. Marilyn Manson out there. I really... Uh, so, and I mean you. So he got sentenced to the 21-year maximum, um, not the crimes against humanity, and there was actually another law that they had enacted but didn't actually stick him with it right away. 
And that was where the controversy was, was like, holy crap, you guys are just going to literally give this guy 21 years in jail and then you are going to let him free and let him free in uh, 14 years if he was in good behavior. Hmm. Like, because they, they do a one-third eligible for parole, which is weekends off, and then two-thirds good behavior, you get to take the <clears throat> third half, or the third, the third, you know, end off. Like, you get out early. But, so, this happened, what, how many years later was this? I don't, I don't I think remember. It was, I don't want to misspeak, but I don't remember exactly. I want to say it was like 2015, maybe. 15 sounds right. Um, there was a, There's a little more supplemental justice I'm going to bring up as well at the end of this. But, so, but in 2015, so I guess an appeals court, like from the prosecutor's side, I guess is how that worked. I don't know how, you know. I don't know exactly how that went down, but they basically were able to change his sentence to this new law that they had brought, they had enacted in 2008, which was the same sentence, 21 years, okay, is what you got, but at the end of it, if they still deem you as dangerous to society, they say five more years, okay. and then in five more years they do it again. Right. If you're still a danger to society. Five more years, so and they the and they, as, and that is an, an infinite number of possibilities. So they right. can technically keep him in jail forever. Right. And the the good thing about it is is he refuses to appeal it. Yeah. He refuses to appeal the decision because that shows that he doesn't believe in like what weakness he did. to his cause. Right. That he right. is not taking you know you know whatever the word is credit I guess for what he did. So I mean he definitely. Stood behind a bunch of bullshit stuff. Well, he planned on going to prison for the rest of his life. For sure. Right. So, well, no, no, no. The, I, I think he planned on what Hayden's getting to. Is He planned on a loophole in the justice system to where it was only going to be a short period of his life. Right. And hoping that his manifesto or whatever the hell he was calling okay. it was going to take root. And by the time he got out of prison, that he was some messiah that was supposed to save these people that had already been believing in him. That's his ultimate, like, end game. Right. But he ain't getting out of jail. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody so, buying into So, um, here's another little thing that, that was actually actually very, very current about him. Um, so, in January of this year, um, he... So, apparently, in the... Um, you know, one thing that Norway is actually very uh, known for as far as their prisons, they're kind of uh, soft and squishy and cushy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get a TV and a nice bed, and your bathroom is a separate room. You get a shower curtain. You get the rooms are super nice. It's like a hotel room. So you don't have to worry about dropping the sh- uh, the soap. Right. No. You get your own it's room. It's totally good. But so they kept him in solitary, though, like total solitary. No interaction with people, period. Like, meals sliding in the door. Hmm. You're in a nice room, you mm-hmm. know, but no people interaction, total solitary. Better than what he deserved. Exactly, yes. So here's what happened, though. <laughs> so he appealed that, the fact that he was in solitary. That That is something he did appeal. And this is actually very recent. He appealed that in late 2016, that he was sick and tired of being in solitary. And so they denied it they mm-hmm. said no you're staying exactly where you are and so his appeal went to the supreme court of uh norway like all the way to their top just like how it is in the u.s and um they said nope you're staying in solitary mm-hmm. shut up mm-hmm. you know yeah. it doesn't violate your human rights 
you did this and no. Well, he's basically the most terrorist act on that country in many years. Oh, probably ever. Many years. Yeah, probably, probably ever. ever. I, you know, I just, I'm not educated in their entire history. But come on, guy. Like, I know, really? right? From Get what I can here. remember, I thought he walked them through the process of everything he did that day. Yeah. Like, I think far, he did as too. As far yeah. as setting off the car bomb so it's a big distraction downtown and mm. everyone's focused on it and then heading to the camp and screwing up a lot of people and i i'm pretty sure what i from what i remember he walked them through the process yeah he was very very proud of it so so in in summation though the the real controversy is like does their penal system take it too easy on people that are like him well here's what i think or do they or is that type of penal system a good way to rehabilitate like not so bad criminals back into real life like the whole weekends off yeah, thing. i get it if you're like okay it, that part messed up think about it this way though we keep adding the five years and five years maybe say let's just say they stop mm-hmm. let's say they stop and go ahead and set them free how big is the target on his back probably how many people big. want him? hopefully big enough i think everyone in norway <laughs> i'm pretty sure everyone in normal norway would think about that so yeah I don't That's know. A very good point. I, yeah. I don't know what other crimes are like in Norway, though. So, I'll tell you this: I hear uh, comparisons of you know the criminal justice system from a European standpoint to an American standpoint all the time. You you, you hear well, you look at the Dutch or you look at the Norwegians, you know, you even look at the French, and and they try to compare it to the Americans. And you and you got to keep in mind that we have an entire different weapons situation in this in this country. We have an entire different judicial system in this country, and we have a, an entire different ideology in this country. You were looking at, you know, when when you look at the Dutch, especially, or you look at the Swiss. It, I mean, it's an entirely different way of thinking, an entire different way of life. So, so that you, said, you I still I'm going to push on you though. I can't I can't let you say that without saying this. I'm sorry. Yeah. When you and you, I think you're going to agree with me when I bring this angle up. But when you murder people. Mm. mass murder people right it doesn't matter what the hell country you come from or where you live or anything like that the justice for that should be the same across the board no and i agree with you that's why i'm saying why do you see these comparisons where you know they, they look at us and they say oh well you're in the wrong for imprisoning this person for their life or even taking their life but we're not and even yet, consistent they, in that. they do this well we're not consistent but we do it a whole hell of a lot more than anybody else mm-hmm. now we have somebody else comparing us and they say oh well they give them 20 years and they're like well, the difference, yeah, we wouldn't do it that way. You go shoot up a camp full of kids in this country, and I promise you, you're going to get the death penalty, and you probably get that in New Jersey. For sure. You do that shit in Texas, trust me, you're going to have a fast pass to get it. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll you know? fast lane you to that. That's really what I'm talking about is these comparisons with all the difference. There's not that – when you're talking about this level, is there's not that much difference. You, when you commit what we call a capital crime, you know – whether you're, you're Norway or not, you, you should be doing the same level. Whether you be the Brits or not, you should be doing the same level. And this guy gets 20 years, and, right. he, and he gets a nice little cell with his own little shower? Mm. Hell no. Mm-hmm. That's not how I'd do it. I don't want to say what I'd do it, but that's not how but I'd that, do it. But I guess that was, but that was part of his thinking going into right. it. Was, yeah. was that he knew right. that My he book's going to get out there. I'm going to do a little bit of time. I mean, I mean, shit, you look at Hitler. He does a little bit of time in prison. Gets his book, gets his gets his little indoctrination out of there, course. and he's thinking he's probably going to be the, very similar to that. He's he's far right as much as he was, right? Yes, what oh, I'm yeah. talking about Hitler. So was, he's probably you know emulating the same concept. Absolutely, very much you know? so. Actually, so, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. ab- absolutely was. I mean, but think he planned his whole childhood around it. He planned his whole right. teens and the way he spent his money and planned his businesses and things like that. So, just an absolute nutcase. Are you thinking? Um, I don't know something like United Nations to get involved if the no if they're the, weak on policies no, no. I, I I don't think <laughs> but I, I don't think he'll get out I, I think if he gets out it's because he escaped he won't get out right. what what if right. the penalty was weaker let's say it's another country and the penalty's weaker what what should the rest of the world be doing about it there's not I, much the rest of the world there's could not do much that it. we can do other than pull aid from those countries if it's like a you know. And, and when, you're, when you're looking at a single party, it's not worth the political. For it's sure, not. It's but if it's like harboring a terrorist, I'm not type, saying right. some, a country like U.S. get involved. I mean, you didn't right? Send the Navy SEALs in. We'll tell. But see, <laughs> then, then if you're harboring a terrorist, released on a Tuesday, killed by the Navy SEALs, then you might <laughs> you you might need to call the A10 Warthog. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. Know, so that's I think our, I think that's where we're going that's next. Our, right? That's our guest top. We're gonna go guest top next. So awesome. Dave, David, what you got for us with the well, Warthog man? I've got I've got an awesome aircraft for you. We all love aircraft. Tell us about it. Tell us about your job and then tell us about the, the plane or in reverse or both or whatever. All right. So uh tell you about a little bit about myself. Um I am in the military, I'm in the US military. I work on aircraft. I work on uh three different aircraft. I work on the A ten Warthog. I work on the C-130 J and H model. Technically, that's two, but we'll just say one. And then I work on the HH-60 rescue helicopter. And one of the aircrafts that I take most pride in, which I take pride in all of them, but I take most pride in this one, is just just out of the sheer detrimental fight that it brings to the enemy. And and I love it, and I'm about to talk about it a little bit, bring a little bit of fun to it. Um, The A-10 Warthog. Bert, yeah, known as the Bert, really. <laughs> Which, ironically, the funny, funny thing about this is the enemy calls it the monster because they don't hear the Bert. What they hear is the rounds hit the ground. And, then the Bert. And then the Bert, <laughs> yeah. So they call it the monster. But uh, the the first uh, A-10 rolled off um, the line, I guess, when it was being manufactured in 1972. Um, it took its first flight in 1976 where it was introduced into the Air Force in its first flight. It was a total of 716 of the A-10, which my base alone, I believe, has 84 a, uh, A-10s. Right now, we have a few deployed. Um, but uh, for the taxpayers out there, I know you're worried about how much aircraft costs. It costs you about $11 million to build per, this plane. Per, per plane. plane. Per plane. Okay. Very um, affordable plane they, as well, far yeah, as planes are concerned. No, it really is. You, you want to talk about the, the F-35, which is supposedly going to you know, replace the A-10, which they are wrong about and we've we can talk about that later but actually we're, we're going to talk about that tonight oh, i'm sure we will we are we're going to talk about that but um yeah very affordable aircraft um the range is 800 miles i'm i'm a fuel systems guy so um what my job is is to make sure that that 800 miles uh proves falsely and to try to to give it more i can add an auxiliary tank they can probably give it another 400 miles if i put that on there um it, re- it really depends on the flight but one of the cool facts about it is the cockpit is uh, protected by about 1,200 pounds of titanium, whether it be at the very front of the nose or all the way back to the aft tank, which is the aft fuel tank. It's surrounded by titanium. And um, the, the fuel cells thems- themselves are actually rubber-made cells. And when punctured, maybe by bullet fire, probably by either you know, anti-aircraft or bullet fire, right. they're actually self-sealing. So and they don't spark. They don't spark. 
what it does oh. is as soon as it's punctured, the chemicals in the rubber will seal itself to where no, there's no spark. Now, that also has to do with the fact that there's foam all the way inside that tank. So inside that rubber tank, there's actually foam throughout it to prevent the, the sitting of, of spark. Obviously all things that have been well thought out in advance. Right, yeah. right. And it's uh, kind of a pain in the ass for me in my job. For sure. But either way, you know, well thought out. So um, uh, basically this is the only aircraft that was built around the gun. You know, you, oh, you look yeah. at any other aircraft, you know, they're like, all right, let's build an awesome airplane. What can I put on it? What bombs can I put? What, what can I do with this thing? Make it deadly, right? And this is the only aircraft that they said, you know what? Let's put a thirty millimeter cannon on it, and then let's put some wings on it. That'll be a good idea. Let's let's make the thirty millimeter cannon fly. Mm. So that's what they did, and um, it's proven quite quite worth it since nineteen seventy two to nineteen eighty four. It has proven deadly. There are two different scenarios. One of them uh, was a male pilot. One of them was a female pilot, where they were able to land an A-10 that had been struck, lost a back tail and one of its wings, and were able to fly back to base and land, basically with one side of its aircraft. One side of that aircraft. You understand that? So, again, we went over that. Shoots depleted uranium. I mean, that basically burns its way through, uh, you know, what it's designed to do is through... um, Anti-artillery targets, um, heavy-duty troop mover, yeah, tanks, troop mover vehicles, you know, things like that. Uh, what What's funny about it is, although it was basically designed for ground combat, for close quarters combat, uh, the motto goes, which I learned in basic when that was that was my plane. They teach was, you mottos, yeah. It teaches you is low, slow, kill everything below. That was mm. the motto. And ironically, the first kill that the A-10 got in combat was actually a helicopter. It shot it down with the uh, 30-millimeter cannon. Wow. So totally against what it was designed to do. Right. But it, it did it anyway. Peace. Um, let, Peace can we helicopter. talk about the cannon for Let's a do second? It. Let's do it. It basically shoots. I mean, I, if you're at home right now and you're drinking a beer, I want you to take your beer bottle, hold it in your hand, and that's literally what the round looks like. That's how big it is. It's really? gigantic. It's huge. It's absolutely like the bottleneck is the bullet, and the mm-hmm. and the bottle itself is the casing, and it's like it's a thirty millimeter in diameter bullet. He said yeah. it's a thirty millimeter cannon. It's a thirty picture what thirty millimeters looks like. That's how wide yep. the bullet is. Fun fact is, if you're performing maintenance on this aircraft and you go up and you pull on the gun, well, it it fires by its rotation. It's mechanical. <laughs> It's not electrical. So if you pull on that gun and there's a round back there somewhere, it will shoot it. <laughs> and there was, I don't know where, I don't know when, but uh, why I know this is that happened to a maintainer one day when he pulled on that gun. Was There was still a round in the chamber and he he fired it down down the uh, runway. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, he had a bad day. Right. <laughs> I promise you he lost rank on that. So, but let's not stop there with the gun. No. This is the coolest gun, like, pretty much ever. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the the gun itself is the size of a BMW. You know those old Volkswagen bugs? Mm-hmm. It's literally the size of, the, of this gun. It's like, huge. the motor that runs it. Like, the whole front end of the A-10 yep. has this just giant motor that's devoted to running this just monster right. well, gun. Well, it's attached to it. I mean, when, when Armory, or, or, sorry, Armament comes out, they literally pull the entire thing out. Yeah, I mean they're they're one and the same, and uh, I mean it's mechanically driven, so electrically has nothing to do with it, you know. And and you know, like you know, we said at the beginning, the the burnt 
You, get, you know, the, the burr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's because that freaking gun with those gigantic bullets fires, what, like a thousand rounds a minute? Like. It's funny you say that. Um, to give you the actual number, it's 3,900 rounds per minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you that. <laughs> That's I kind of that, knew that was so coming. So it's not like. It's just no. just a straight because you can't even hear the individual rounds, right? Like, right. And and what's beautiful about it is they actually the pilots themselves they have to do it in bursts. They they can't just go and keep going. They have to do it in bursts because if they do, they'll stall out. That's how powerful it literally throws them off. It flight. pushes the plane in literally. reverse direction yeah. so hard that it can stall the plane. Literally. Now, if That's... we if we get into the fuel system, um. The A-10, so, you know, you watch fighter pilots and you watch a lot of other things. They fly inverted. You know, you've seen Top Gun. They fly upside down. He gives them Love a finger, it. things yeah. like that. Right. Okay, so, well, the A-10 cannot do that. It has, and, you know, I, I work on them very personally. I can tell you that they, they can fly inverted for about 10 seconds. After 10 seconds, they've got to turn back over or they're going to have a really bad day. <laughs> because of certain things in the fuel system. It will provide them about 10 seconds of inverted flight. After that, they need to turn back over. Why? Is it like flood the engine or something? No. It's just what happens with the fuel system and what's involved with the fuel system and what allows them to be able to do that. I got gotcha. you. And it only allows them 10 seconds. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I think you give her a go. I do. <laughs> I do. So, yeah. um, also, you know, ending it with is uh, going into what conflicts. Now, Obviously, it rolled off the flight line, or, or rolled off the manufacturing line in 1972. 72, yeah. So, walking out of Vietnam really wasn't able to be used, you know, unfortunately, because this was a close air combat aircraft. This was, I mean, design, basically designed for what we did in Vietnam. I mean, that was, and granted, it's they didn't the plane have that can come over the horizon and take out a, a, a fort right. or something and then <clears throat> take off again. It, Exactly. You know, you could see your enemy. You could take out your enemy. You could fly, fly slow enough that you could literally see what you're doing. But what its second mission is, what it was really known for as well, was being able to communicate to the other aircraft, your, your bombers and your fighters, where these targets are and being able to pinpoint them. So not only is it the one that flies in and is able to take out these enemies and uh, their armored vehicles or their tanks or their positions and their little bunkers, but it was more radio. It was a very well-designed radio in the sky. It was a recon plane with a big-ass gun on the front. Exactly. That's basically what it's doing. (laughs) So it is known as the most successful close air support aircraft of all time that is stated by the United States Air Force. It was used, unfortunately not in Vietnam, maybe we would have had a better turnout, but used in the Gulf War, the invasion of Kuwait, uh, in Grenada, the Balkans, Afghanistan, Iraq, and currently right now it is absolutely murking ISIS. (laughs) And I take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> I believe that. that. That's the perfect aircraft for what they're trying to do with it. It is, and it, it is. And and what's even funnier, or even cooler, I guess, it's not funny because obviously we've got enough fun out of this, but uh, they're actually looking at building a amped-out A-10. And it's called the Machete. I challenge everybody to look it up on YouTube. It's, it's, oh, I'll find it. I'll put it on the social media. It's in media. the workings. That, I mean, I promise you, if it's probably in the workings on YouTube, it's right. <laughs> you know you know what I mean, but uh, it's basically a super powered A10 because they realized they looked at the F35 as graded as as it is, 
The F-35. It, needs, it needs to be able to fly upside down for longer than 10 seconds. Well, I mean. and, the, and the 35 can't, right? That's obvious, yeah, right? Push it into right. The 35 is probably one of your best stealth aircraft, your best bomber aircraft, and one of your best fighter aircraft. But then we're going to have a little bit of conversations about that versus the uh, Russian uh, Su-35, I believe. And Yeah, that, that's my, my second favorite. Right. And unfortunately, <laughs> the, uh, the F-35 has a bit of stiff competition. But the greatest thing about the 35 is that it's stealth capability. It's a universal plane is what it, they designed it, it, it exactly. for. Exactly. But really is it stealth capabilities. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. Cause what kind of stealth capabilities are you talking about? Like, I'm just confused. I know as... what stealth means. Right. Okay. I'm just talking about like F-35. Where, where did the F-35 well, what come we're, from? What we're really looking at is... Um, it's the, just the, the new thing. The, the F-35 is the amped-up A-10, is what you're saying? No, 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 no. 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 Okay, no, it well, was, then that's what why was I'm designed. confused. It was like, designed, where the hell did it come from? Basically, it was designed to be the the next generation from the F-22 to be the, one of the greatest fighters, one of the best bombers, and one of the best stealth aircraft, and to try to encompass what the A-10 could do as well. And unfortunately, when you try to encompass that many different variations of air superiority, you're going to find shortcuts or, or shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And they did. They found them. Where it's very good versus uh, when when you're looking at what we're basically going to say is the the greatest the Americans have when it comes to to a fight, flight capability to the Russians' capability is ours is the stealth capability. The Russians can outmaneuver us; it can be a little bit faster than us, but it cannot reach the altitudes the F-35 can, and it cannot do um, the satellite and the stealth capability. Okay. It, so basically, if we put the F-35 against the Su-30, I'm not sure if it's a Su-35, but it's close. And if we put them neck and neck against each other and they're in a dogfight technically, the F-35 is going to know that aircraft's where it's at before he even sees the F-35. Right. And he's going to avoid them. I'm still just confused how we're even talking about the F-35. Okay, he brought up the F-35 because he was saying it's kind of a big deal that they were making this A-10 machete when we have just spent like trillions of dollars on a new fancy plane that is supposed to basically retire all other planes and it's not. Well, it's, a, they're, it's basically they're investing... a sign that they realized it's not able to do so. Showing you that the A-10, even since from 1972, when it was created, probably one of the best close air support aircraft in its existence. I mean, it is just a stunner. And it's going to be in existence. It's been, uh, I mean, contracted off till nineteen uh, 2022. So it will nice. be around for, for that long. Nice. They're trying to revamp it is basically what we're talking about with the machete it's a cool plane and as oh, far as badass. as far as the machete goes how much bigger would you say because you said it amped up are you talking just I, I will tell you this i've looked at digital images okay it's very hard to speak on that you know it, the, until they put it up in the air and i get a picture of it i would you know, imagine just like you <laughs> yeah. i would imagine it's just like modifications of the engine the weapon system the it computers like aircraft. Mm-hmm. from from the digitals mm-hmm. that they're drawing out it looks a like, lot different well, I was, I was thinking it would be on like the same kind of frame, just with modifications. Right. The engines look a lot different. Is is really mm. where it looks because you're looking at two rotaries on you know what yeah. I mean on on the A10 and this one, I don't know. Well, cool. Pretty oh, sweet. That's at YouTube. It this definitely they are a cool I mean, plane. Mm-hmm. All of it aside, you want to see some cool stuff? YouTube A10 against ISIS or A10 against the Taliban. You're gonna see some cool stuff. You're going to watch some awesome, 
awesome. Burr. Air superiority, right there. Burr. And you gotta learn what the burr means. <laughs> you hear that? You're gonna hear that? Oh, you're definitely gonna hear okay. it. <laughs> you can hear it after the rounds at the ground. <laughs> right. Nice. So that's guest top. Hell yeah. Thanks for that, man. I really appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's nice to have a resident expert in somebody that yeah. does something for a living and all that. So I, <laughs> it, it really is. It's nice. So um, awesome. Two top. Elon Musk. Two top. Elon Musk. All right. So he he rises again. Thanks to Hayden for introducing me to Elon. Because now no I'm now I'm pretty big fan of yours, Elon. Follow you on Twitter and everything. Um, but it's reading a little bit about the boring company because. Um, I saw two weeks ago some article about Hyperloop and remembered how Wade had been talking about Hyperloop not too long ago. So I saw a smaller idea with that, and there was a couple of, I guess they had a frequently, frequently asked questions page on Hyperloop and everything um, with the direction they're going in now. But... Um, the biggest thing they're talking about was, I guess, on a lower scale. Because Hyperloop is a lot faster. It's about 600 miles per hour when you think about it. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Sick. Ridiculous. Yeah. This is about... Crazy to think about. This is about 125 miles per hour. But just imagine having your car go underground in a tunnel and not use any gas for... Plenty of miles. Hundreds of miles. Yeah, plenty of miles. Um, at about 125 miles per hour. So instead of taking it taking you 40 minutes to fight traffic, it's only taking you five. And he wants to create tons of networks. Why hasn't he done it yet? Well, I mean, that's the easy answer. It costs a lot of money to do something like that. Um, with all the questions on there, a lot of it is, okay, how can we help you lower the cost for digging? Where are you, where are you going to put all of this dirt? What, what are you going to do to make this not cost as much? So he's talking about um, having the diameter of the tunnels a lot smaller than a normal tunnel you would see um, if you're going to... So a little bit of claustrophobic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. so, so it's going to be a lot, a lot tighter. Um, I think measurements said about four meters in diameter. Whoa. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty, little. Yeah, I'd be a little claustrophobic Pretty myself. tightly <laughs> compact. Um, Unless I'm sitting in a mini. I'm not, I'm not sure what cars this would take, but obviously it wouldn't be able to take an 18 wheel or anything like that. No, but You'd probably be good in a Tonka toy. Um, four meters. That's what, 12 <laughs> feet. It's 12 feet. Yeah. But the plan is pretty much for, the LA airport, LAX, um, to network different surrounding cities. That way cars can easily go to and from the airport without having to deal with any of the traffic nearby and sounding incredible because I know we have a big airport, not too far from here in Atlanta. Um, and just imagine if we had that kind of thing. Oh yeah. We could zip down there. I'm not saying we have traffic like LA, but I don't know. I, cities I like through Birmingham, Chattanooga, um, South Georgia. So what? Like so what he's wanting to do? God, he's so damn brilliant. He's amazing. What he's wanting to do is he's wanting to partner with the airports across America and start there. That's the way it's looking. 
That's the way it's looking. Genius. This is a, this is a small idea of what Hyperloop will hopefully be. One but what day. It, what a genius! But ju- just at that level, the, the main thing with it is an electric sled where you're pretty much right. pulling a car electrically without having to use any gas right. and anything. It's all like magic. Kind of going yeah. off the same yeah. uh, the uh, what do you call it, the railgun? Yeah, it's mean, yeah. still off the same principle. Yeah, the Not, China uh, and the uh, magnet thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The that's wicked. Now, if you live in <laughs> California, you, you'd be um, your biggest concern with anything built underground would be air, uh, earthquakes, obviously. But this is supposed to apparently move with the ground, so that doesn't mess oh, of up. Of course, anything he's already figured that figured so, that out. Yeah, I think that's the that's probably one of the first things he came up. But I honestly, if I was producing this, I probably wouldn't come up with that until it's done. How is <laughs> oh, Elon Musk not getting oh, a, a also, Nobel Prize oh, wait, yet? It's on the so uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. He's making sure it's safe, making sure it's gonna be at a decent speed. Who knows where he's gonna go with this? But you um. It actually popped up on my Twitter this week of kind of a 3D video of what it hopefully will be. Looks fantastic. You definitely have to check it out. I I would just follow him on Twitter, Elon Musk. I think that's such a cool idea because it's like one of the biggest struggles of like, say, taking the train or taking a plane somewhere or whatever is... When you get there, then you have to just spend more money on renting a car mm-hmm. yeah. or getting a taxi or an Uber or whatever. Besides fact, try finding a parking spot in, in Manhattan. Good <laughs> luck with that shit. But you do, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you, you, it's you know, you get to take your car, but you don't have to run your car to death Not driving it there. Right. You get there quickly, and then when you get there, you have a vehicle to drive when you're there. Right. Think about this though. Remember, I don't remember what episode it was. Maybe it was episode one or two, but I talked about um, the younger generation, like Elon Musk, being disruptors. You remember yeah. me using mm-hmm. that phrase? Yeah. How many industries does that disrupt? <laughs> what you just said, what you just described, a lot. How many industries does it that does. disrupt? Well, you were talking about Manhattan, so Metro yeah. Pass. I mean, but like, hey, look when when you're the leader in something new, fuck them. Well, of course. You're making money. But that's that's how I mean, he's hey, gotten to where he is. You're leading the way. You're making it away. Look, you take, what, two, three million people, which Manhattan has way more than that when, on a giving day, you know, and you could put them across the island in five minutes in their own car. Hell, even, Trust me, you got the money. Even if you took, Don't worry about what they think. Even if you took 30% of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you don't even have to take all of them. You know, so the subway system's a, gonna have a bad day. That, but I that was care. like I guess and I guess to think about it this way, that was his similar thought process with PayPal, was it not? Like I'm not gonna take all of it, but if I got a little Wait, bit of it, he yeah. did PayPal. That's, yeah. that's a little bit yeah, of a he, lot. That's, that's where no he. No way. Yeah. And then man, I got He sold it to eBay oh, he's, for he's like. This guy is a brilliant guy. I'm telling you, man. God, he's a thing. He's and like he's the Einstein of our generation. Flying to space. Probably more like the uh, Iron Man, right? Doing yeah. you know battery powered cars. That's how you describe them. Yeah, he's the yeah. Iron Man of real life right now. He got stock I can invest in. <laughs> he, Pro- got, he probably SpaceX. He probably owns Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he probably does. I'm sure he owns probably Bitcoin. Probably on the on the back nine of that one. He's like, yeah, I got this. He's just on the board of directors, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that's just something cool I found. Hell yeah, uh, that's awesome. Man, he he's great to follow. I know. I not not everyone is into science and math, but you have to follow him. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. All right. 
I don't have any complaints about his page and it's not something that's always popping up on your timeline but there's just enough of it every day that gets you intrigued and he's he's always into something you know there's always something that one of his companies is trying to do that's groundbreaking you know and it's that's what's so cool about it is it's not just everyday kind of stuff that they're doing didn't you say something about successful launches that spacex has had since the last oh time yeah we they, talked about they, it. yeah since just in the there's been several um i mean they i know that one of the things they're really trying to get is their i want I, now you you call me on the spot there the i forget the name of it you could have lied and just said yeah i think so <laughs> they have they have the seven engine rocket you see right. the seven or nine engine rocket but they're trying they're, to get it to land they have, which been. they have, yeah. That's oh, what yeah, I was about they, to go into. That, but that's, the but the next step is getting feet. their big rockets to go and land. Right. They have like a it's like a seven or nine right. engine rocket, which is the one that they're pretty successful picking up and landing right now. Mm. But they're trying to work out their like twenty eight engine rocket. Can you imagine how like incredible big, that is? big, big, big rocket and do it successfully? That's like the next step. It's hmm. nuts. Seven engine rocket. I'm going to throw it into space. And you know what? I'm going to make it land on this cute little pad on the bit of the water. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. He's just like, oh, wait. oh, th- yeah, that's what we're going to do. Incredible. <laughs> just wait. Just wait until Richard Branson comes out with the eight engine That's why rocket. I said I said Branson. It's going to be like seven-minute abs. <laughs> <laughs> Richard. We, we give you all the same workout as those eight-minute folk. Yeah. Now, yeah. And you guys get what I mean when I say seven engine rocket like it's like essentially you can no, think i have no idea the tube that you would imagine a big tall rocket is does yeah. it have like seven engines yeah inside okay. inside it's just like seven skinny engines that context go. clues you know so <laughs> dick i'm just saying <laughs> i didn't know but i was trying no, no okay know I, know, I, know, I know i know i got you sounds, but no it's that's that's exactly what it is though it's like sounds kind of like a 12 gauge shotgun yeah, <laughs> like how many gauges is that shotgun? More, Ten? One more than eleven, you know. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but yeah, so they're trying to work on their big, big rockets gotcha. to, to be able to successfully launch those Huge. and and bring them down. China, yeah. China, we gotta beat China. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. Believe me, believe me. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's we, too we, be, we believe you, Mr. President. Yeah. Course you do. Okay. <clears throat> all in you do. favor. All in favor. That's two top. Two top. Two top. Three top. Three top. What you Whoa. got? Three top. So have all right, I'll ask a couple things. You guys heard of Tom Hardy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love the guy. Tom Hardy's good, right? Oh, his old movie Batman. that he really was big in was Bronson. Dark Knight. Yeah, Bronson mm. was good. Dark Knight was decent. He was Bronson a... was better. Yeah. Because you got to think about what really capulated uh, his performance, right? That one capulated. good. And then yours. I got I to gotta give it to Revenant, Aiden over there. Yeah. Legend is the movie I'm referring yeah. to. What I'm more specifically talking about is the Cray Twins. Okay. All right. So the Cray All Twins, right. think about the American Mafia in the 1960s. Okay, the 1950s and the 1960s. Um, this is the reason why I was super interested in this topic. Was when I was in school, uh, high school, early college. For, for whatever reason, I was super into like 
Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis rat Jr. Pack. type of music, right? Yeah. There's a Rat Pack picture here in studio, yeah. you know, that came from my garage. Right. My wife got it for me as a gift one year for Father's Day or something. Nice. Um, so anyway. That was a root beer. The, the music of those guys lent me to... <laughs> I just heard root beer. Yeah, it's definitely beer with root. Led you to. <laughs> so the music... Led me to the like interest in the mob, you know, hearing all the rumors about Frank Sinatra and the mob and uh, his ties to Vegas and all of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing the names like Bugsy Siegel, um, gosh, what Lucky else we Luciano. got? Lucky Luciano yeah. and and Meyer Lansky are the three names I'm going to talk about uh, for the, for this you know topic. But uh, hearing one of those names when I was watching this movie Legend, when I heard the name Meyer Lansky said, my ears really, really perked up. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you see the movie or have seen the movie, that you know that Tom Hardy is doing an incredible job as an actor. But hearing that made me really pay attention to it, made me really want to dive into a little bit of the historical truth of it um, as and then see kind of how they portrayed it to go right. kind of go back for it. So anyway, the Cray twins, these two guys, uh, Ronald and Reggie Cray, and uh, they were they were two totally identical twins, but totally different right. um, personality wise. One of them was like the super go getter, um, smooth type that just when you think of a a gangster in the fifties and sixties, like Reggie, very suave Reggie Cray, right. like fit the fit the bill a hundred percent. You know, uh, Ron was a little bit socially awkward, very very super aggressive. Um, Ended up finding out that he was paranoid schizophrenic. Um, so Makes sense. Don't you hate it when that happens? It just happens that way. <laughs> um, but like I said, the both of them, they, they, they got sent off to boarding school. All right? So this is kind of how it started. They sent off to boarding school for troubles with each other. They literally beat the hell out of each other damn near every day, all the time at school in public. Usually started by Ron, just because he's Ron. So you'll come to find out that Ron, Ron. was Ron was Ron, <laughs> and it kind of what brought it down. So anyway, um, it, what their last name was? What it wasn't Burgundy, right? No, <laughs> or Weasley, right? No, or Swanson. Cray. They sure. were the original Cray Cray. <laughs> they went when they went. Ron went Cray Cray. Like he was the original. Okay, I, I'm ready. So, um, they go to boarding school, and Ron goes crazy. Like they get sent there. You know. And the way that they do things in England is much more polite than the way they do things in the United <laughs> States. Like, hey, Imagine chap, that. why don't you go ahead and go to boarding school, you know, <laughs> and go ahead, walk yourself. And they go ahead and take themselves there. And Ron walks right up to the officer at the door and punch him in, punches him in the mouth. Mm. And him and Reggie walk right out. Wow. So they get arrested the next day at their mom's house. And then they get sent and put in the actual army. Okay. So th- these guys are just ridiculous so anyway they they end up getting uh discharged out of the army for things like oh i don't know fighting with other people dumping a bucket of piss on your sergeant's head what you know things like that will just go how ahead. would that go today dave oh well you'd go to jail <laughs> you know the pretty, thing, pretty soon things like <laughs> that soon on that one go ahead and get you dishonorably discharged oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know in in england they probably wrote a very you know sternly worded letter now don't and, do that you know, again Shook their finger no, just like pretty, that. Yeah, yeah. You get your ass beat, and then you end up. In jail. But so they got kicked out. They started doing some boxing. Um, and anyway, 
after all that was over and they were starting to grow up, they realized they didn't have anything but a life of crime. They bought a rundown club and started basically making money off of running protection rackets for people. So do you understand what that means? Like running yes. protection for people and getting payoff. So Rocky in. used to do before he made it to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, well, so rubber ball when it was bouncing so it, down the street. And this was in the nineteen. <laughs> this was in the beginning of the nineteen fifties. Okay, I don't. I didn't look up exactly when Las Vegas was founded, but I remember Al Capone and Bugsy Siegel and all these guys were like really making their name in the very late thirties and early forties. Mm-hmm. And um, Siegel was the one that actually got sent to Las Vegas by the American Mafia to found Las Vegas to be in charge of Las Vegas. So this guy Meyer Lansky was the head financial guy for the American. He was actually a member of the Jewish mafia, Jewish mob, but was uh, such so good with numbers that he was contracted by the American mafia. So Meyer Lansky's name is synonymous with, with American and National Crime Syndicate, basically. All right. I'm saying all that because uh, Meyer Lansky was the boss of this guy, Jay Murray, who ended up being the boss of the craze. Okay. So... The Crays, in a long way, were in the pocket of the American Mafia all the way over in London in the 1950s and the 1960s. Meyer Lansky was said at one point to be holding percentages on over 45 casinos in the world, um, spread over Las Vegas, Cuba, London, all these different places. Wow. And he was just taking percentages on every daily take that they had. Um, And this was in the early 60s. That was very impressive. The Crays, one of the Crays, two of the Crays clubs were Lansky point clubs. So Lansky was taking points off of them. So basically fast forward, Ron starts to become a problem. Um, and Lansky sends one of his guys over the pond, as they say, um, to London to meet with Reggie and basically say, there's a problem with Ron. We need to make a decision with Ron. Um, the reason they did that is because I said, Ron originally went cray. They had a, an argument. I mean, it's crazy, right? Crazy. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what, the, what the young hip what the ones kids say. Just, I'm just confirming. No, we don't. So it's what my four-year-old <laughs> daughter says. So um, so anyway, there's this one guy that at a party ends up telling Ron, who's the paranoid schizophrenic, that he didn't like his hair or he didn't like his bow tie or something very, I don't right. know, maybe that means something in the UK that it doesn't mean here. But... Ron found out that this guy that said it, which was a member of a rival gang, was only about two miles from where he was. Immediately got in his car with a gun, walked into the bar, walked right up to the guy and shot him in the head. What? Very, very public view. Well, yeah, that's with, one way to take a bow tie comment. With like nine witnesses in the room. Damn. So then, of course, one of their associates walks in and... Um, at least this is how they portrayed it in the movie, and this is how I read about it when I researched it, that it actually happened the same way, so the movie did a really good job portraying, portraying it. Uh, one of his associates walks in, fires some shots in the air, and basically tells everybody, you didn't see anything, that kind of thing, because part right. of their reputation was no one would testify against them because they'd kill them, yeah. so, um, or kill their family or whatever. So the craze were super violent. So Ron did this, and then a newspaper in the area thought that it would be a really good idea to try to bust him in some way or another for a okay so listen to this it was for a relationship with a politician all right oh but oh, and juicy. this is in 1964 okay uh-huh. and actually in the UK in 1964 male homosexuality was a crime yeah and it was yeah. punishable by jail i am shocked by that so 
as as polite as they are over there, <laughs> you know. No, but so anyway, this was a story that was printed about him and um, a guy, Lord Boothby, I want to say. Um, anyway, a, a guy very high stature in, in politics um, about him and a very true story, by the way, oh. about him and Ron. And a homosexual relationship and them having all these like freaky parties where they invite all these young boys over and it's a bunch of rich old men with their boy toys. Mm. And in 1960s London, the London swinger scene, basically. Uh, if, if you like Google swinger, London swinger scene in the 60s, it's like Austin Powers. Like it's literally yeah. shagadelic, baby. You know, like that's what they're doing. And these guys were like running it. There's one of them, Ron has a quote, some something along the lines of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were running Abbey Road and um gosh and something else and me and my brother ran London and it was effing amazing. Wow. Basically. So so anyway, they're doing this stuff. Tell me there were a bunch of homos or what? His Ron was. Oh, so okay, okay. Ron. Nothing wrong with that. There's room. There's rumors. Saying. There's rumors that Ron and Reggie, when they were young, like in their teens, like had in an incestuous relationship with each oh. other, and that's kind of what kind of well, fueled some of some stuff later. But the details keep going. I'm telling you, these guys are. It's. I mean, if you like reading about this kind of stuff, there's twists and turns everywhere with these guys. Sounds like it. And then if there's a link to the American Mafia, is where it just did it for me. So anyway as powerful as these guys are like i mean they were celebrities they were known for pictures with judy garland i don't know if judy does julie Gar- judy garland mean anything yeah to you? i know that. Okay. who's judy garland she's a very famous uh actor wizard of oz dorothy from wizard yeah. of oz yeah so i mean yeah, that's what i said dorothy. of her time one of the biggest <laughs> in hollywood um frank sinatra you know we already mentioned him so anyway <clears throat> they c- attack the editor that was going to print the story there that printed it they printed a retraction they paid a forty thousand dollars settlement to the craze printed an apology and even though it was all true for fear of getting killed uh, yeah and because they had the politician in their pocket that right there basically made the craze untouchable because mm. that showed everyone else whether it be a media outlet or anyone else that they had the politicians in their pockets too mm. and it, you weren't touching them unless you had it like you yeah. saw it kind of a thing so anyway I, I tell the story about um ron going in and shooting a guy in the head and then nobody turning on him he didn't lose any votes over it no well ron wasn't the politician <laughs> but he goes in there and everyone keeps their mouth shut and then what really really gets him is reggie's reggie's wife was basically what was holding everything together. You know, they say behind every good man is an even better woman. At least that's a saying. Um, And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that saying, but anyway, um, the women just seem to be able to hold it together, but that's what was going on with him. His wife was leaving him because being a gangster was more important. She was all into pills and she didn't want it anymore. So she overdosed, killed, killed herself. And as soon as his wife killed herself, uh, Reggie just went off the deep end. He off he had a guy uh, try to put a bounty on somebody for a thousand. Go kill this guy. Give you a thousand pounds. Here's five hundred up front. If you once you get it done, he'll give you the other five hundred. Guy doesn't do it, so he ends up murdering him in front of a room of people. Mm, like, the hitman. The hitman. The guy that he asked to kill him. And again, Reggie's one of the bosses. Yeah. You do what I tell you to do. 
Well, he didn't get it done. He shot at the guy and wounded him, and the guy got away. And now he's going to go turn on him and go to the cops or whatever. And so what Reggie does is he pulls a gun out of his pocket and puts it to his head, pulls a trigger twice, and the gun misfires. So then the guy, like, slaps the gun out of his hand and tries to punch him in the face. Reggie's brother, Ron, grabs the guy. Another guy grabs him. Third guy hands Reggie a carving knife, and then Reggie proceeds to stab him about 85 times in front of a room Jesus. of people because he just lost his mind. He had he had nothing left. I mean, I've his, heard of carving a turkey, but damn. With his wife gone, it was just the last straw. And again, in front of a room full of people and in front of a room full of people that worked for him that did not believe that the man that he just brutally slaughtered deserved to die. So that was kind of the thing. Like a right. lot of the mobsters were like, that guy didn't deserve to die that way. Right. And you deserve to go away for it. Mm. So they started having people turn on him and more and more and more turned mm. and turned and turned and evidence just mounted up and there you go. But it was basically what the American mob came and said. There's a problem. Yeah. There's something that's going on and there's a problem. This wrong guy ruined it. Something's going to have to happen. And, you know, that's how they solved their problems was they just erased their problems. <laughs> so um, it was one of the coolest movies I've ever seen because Tom Hardy and what plays. what movie is that again? It's Legend. called Legend. Legend. I think it was from out? like 2015-ish. Okay. Tom Hardy plays both roles. And, of course, he has to put some makeup on for the, playing the Ron role. And he wears glasses. And it is, But it's incredible. What would you give it? Out of five, what would you give it? Oh, man. I'm telling you, it's up there with one of my favorite gangster movies. Really? Yes. Beats Casino? No. Beats Goodfellas? No. <laughs> well, shit, it ain't that high. <laughs> it's probably right there. Right under that. it? All right, so it's no I mean, it, well, The Departed is better than all of those, in my really? opinion. Okay. I think the Goodfellas, The Departed... Godfather. Those are all like the say, same. Are we, are we not Those are all like in any of the Godfathers? <laughs> Scarface, you know. Godfather I mean, 1, 2, and 3? I, I don't know, but it's... 3 gets a little weird. Go watch it. Well, you say it should be in the same argument. 100%. Definitely. But it's, okay. it's not American Mafia like all the rest of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. I get that. This is, this is not Italian mob. This right. is not Jewish mob. This is British London. Mob. London right. mob, you know. Cool. You ever seen the movie Snatch? Or yeah. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking oh, Barrels. Man. How it gets into the yeah. London crime yeah. scene. That stuff's super interesting. Oh, Snatch yeah. is... Both of, both of those movies, I believe, oh, are on either Netflix or Amazon Prime right now. And I'm like begging Deanne to be like, come on, let's watch these movies. Come on, come on, come on. Like that one and and uh, Tombstone. Tombstone. Let's give you this. Tombstone's by in far Snatch, the best Western ever made. It's on Netflix too right now. a side now. note, all right? But Brad Pitt's depict of a gypsy style Irish accent in Snatch was by far one of the greatest depictions of an Irish accent that any professional acting coach has ever given. They say by far that guy nailed it. I would agree. Well, it's Brad Pitt. Oh man, he nails it. Mm-hmm. And he, he nails the gypsy side too. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I fight you for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he does an incredible job. Yeah, he does a really that good job. That was a job. great... I love that fucking movie. Yeah, it was such a so good movie. So if this is on the same caliber, I, I am out there. I'm going to be watching. Yeah, that was a good... I'm telling you. Well, it's it's as interesting of topics, and then Tom Hardy sets it off with the way he acts. Well, I love Tom Hardy. So. I, I have I have watched a lot of his works. Definitely liked it. I don't know what he what the, the movie title was, but when he played the UFC fighter, you know, him against his brother, 
Uh, I can't remember oh, what it was gosh, called. I know what you're talking about. No, I'm but talking I don't about. Remember it. But it did a wonderful job. In right. It, you know, I mean, I have. I mean, shoot, you talk about the Batman movie. You talk about basically any movie in the last ten years. The guy's been nailing it. Check it out, man. It's old. You may already Definitely. know about it, but check it out. Then go look up the Cray Twins. Then go look up Meyer Lansky, awesome. Bugsy Siegel, how Las Vegas was built. Any of that shit, I guarantee it's going to blow your mind if you've never looked at it. It's going to show you how a lot of the fibers in this country were built on crime money. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us for Three Top with a guest top. We're going to catch you on the next one. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, we love to hear your feedback. Do us a favor and go to your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and click that like and follow button for all your episode updates and releases. Like us at The Big Red Van Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Big Red Van Pod. And as always, you can just send us an old fashioned email at The Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and it means the world. Just share us with a friend.